This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 8, A Very Supernatural Christmas. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. Silent night. Holy We skipped the recap. I think Netflix just automatically skipped it for us. Oh. <laughs> so I don't is know what the recap, recap? but yeah, there always yeah. is. Hmm. Though I think at some point they like stopped putting them on Netflix, but then they brought them back. I don't know. It's weird. Alright, so we open in Seattle, Washington a year ago. Um, and a man is visiting his grandson for Christmas. Um, and that, like, jumped to that evening where he's all dressed up as Santa Claus and he, like, does this whole thing where he, like, shakes a jingle bell to, like, get his grandson to, like, come down the stairs to see him putting presents under the tree while dressed as Santa. Um, while he's putting presents under the tree, though, he hears his loud thump on the roof and the grandson's like, oh, reindeer! <laughs> uh, and then, so- <laughs> there's, like... Spoilers, it was not reindeer. Spoilers, it's not reindeer. I think there's, like like ash or something like falls down the chimney and so the grandpa goes to like investigate he's like looking up the chimney when something grabs him and yanks him up the chimney we hear some like horrible crunching noises like the most awful sound effects in this episode by awful i mean like they're very effective and very well done but also they're disgusting um and then a bloody boot drops into the fireplace and the kid's just sitting there like oh my god (laughs) like what the heck you thought, and, you, and Haley was like, that kid's going to need therapy. Which she probably will. He probably will, yeah. Uh, but just wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a special holiday splash screen. It's got like, it's like a, a Christmas bobble <laughs> that like explodes and then there's lights and it's a whole thing. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to that. Really? It's fun. <laughs> All right. Let me jump to the present day. Okay. Well... Now it cuts to Sam and Dean dressed as FBI agents are in Yip Ypsilanti, <laughs> Michigan. Ypsilanti, I think is how you Ypsilanti. say that. They don't say it in the episode. It's given to us in a uh, little like a little title card thing. I can't remember what it's called on the screen. A um a super on the screen. Oh yeah. It says, you know, Ypsilanti Mission pre- Michigan present day. But no one ever says the name of the town. <laughs> they probably didn't know how to pronounce it either. <laughs> probably. <coughs> oh, that was really aggressive for just breathing the wrong way. You smack me hard when I do it. <laughs> it can be helpful. It can be helpful, but not when you're not actually choking. <laughs> you were choking. I wasn't choking. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't. What were you doing? I just breathed wrong a little bit. Like, <laughs> it's I just had like a little tickle in my chest. Oh. Okay, let's keep going. Um, so they're visiting Mrs. Walsh, whose husband has disappeared. Um, Dean's questioning her while Sam searches the house. And when they come back out, Sam has found a bloody tooth in the chimney. Yeah. Which is gross. Super fun. Super fun. Um, and then at the hotel Dean comes back where Sam is researching and says I think he's got like listen my notes are all jumbled here because I got distracted but I think Dean like comes back with a bag of stuff but I don't know what it is I guess never explained what he went to get yeah but Sam's doing research (laughs) yeah Sam's doing research in the motel Dean comes back in and they find that the missing husband is the second man in the town to disappear and Sam speculates that they may be dealing with an evil Santa, um, like uh, yeah. Krampus, who's, be- who's a being who punishes the wicked at Christmas. I guess we could get into the lore here already if we want to. <laughs> you want to do it now? <laughs> sure. Should we get into evil Santas? We didn't do much research on the actual monster in this episode. We did research on Krampus. Uh, so according to the super wiki krampus is a middle european mainly austria germany and parts of south italy and croatia as well as sometimes hungary 
a frightening creature who accompanies Nicholas, the original Santa Claus. Um, the name originates from the Austrian dialect word for lifeless, dried up, or faded, or the old German word for claw. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, an Austrian tradition is the so-called Krampuslauf, or Krampus run, on the 5th or 6th of December, depending on the region, where townspeople dress up in furs and with devilish masks and accompany St. Nicholas, who will give presents to the good children, while the Krampuses will punish the naughty children, often by hitting them with a birch rod. <laughs> Krampuses also carry buckets or bags made out of fur, in which it is said they will carry away the very naughty children. Tradition originally had nothing to do with Christmas, but was a pagan tradition assimilated by the church in the 17th century. Therefore, St. Nicholas is dressed up like a bishop. Interesting. <laughs> that reminds me, for any Office fans on here, when Dwight dresses up as Belschnickel, <laughs> which is like German Santa Claus or something, but he carries around a birch rod where he smacks <gasps> Jim with it. That's where they got it. <laughs> they got it from Krampus. Yeah, he must, they must have taken it from Krampus. Yeah. But he like smacks Jim and other bad people in the office <laughs> with his birch rod. Oh my gosh. All right. Babe has done some lore, and obviously there's, all these links will be in the show notes, per usual. Um, so I got this from Wikipedia, as usual. Um, so it says, The Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure in Central and Eastern Alpine folklore. And I looked up Alpine. That's like all the different countries along the Alps. Oh. So like European countries oh. along the Alps. Because when I think Alpine, I just think of like, like if you say like an Alpine town, I just think like a town up in a mountain. Up in the Basically, yeah. But like if you specifically the Alps. <laughs> if you capitalize Alpine, it specifically refers to the region of the Alps. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like Austria, Germany, yeah. Switzerland, those types of countries. Croatia. Yeah. Southern, said Southern Italy was one that has a similar tradition. Yeah. Um, so... He is a, during the Christmas season, scares children who have misbehaved. He assists St. Nicholas, and the pair visit children on the night of December 5th, with St. Nicholas rewarding the well-behaved children with modest gifts, such as oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate, while the badly behaved ones only receive punishment from Krampus with birch rods. There's the birch rods again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot worse than the Americanized version, where you just get coal. Yeah, and that comes from Santa. That doesn't even come from Krampus. It just comes. It'd be from a lot more Santa. scary to have Krampus visit you and whack you with a birch rod. <laughs> there is that horror movie Krampus. Yeah, but that's Krampus like murders a whole family or something. I think like it's. Like, yeah, I haven't seen it, but <laughs> I don't know if there's any birch rods in that movie. <laughs> um, the origin of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists have postulated it as having pre-Christian origins. In traditional parades and in events such as the, the Krampuslauf, the Krampuslauf, the, the Krampus cr- run, the Krampus run, yeah, young men partic- participate dressed as Krampus and attempt to scare the audience with their antics. Um, since 1984, the character has become better known globally, having been portrayed in Hollywood horror films. And almost unknown before this time, Krampus has begun to become part of American popular culture. Hmm. Um, I thought this part was interesting. So in the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited by the Dolphus regime under the clerical fascist Fatherland's Front and the Christian Social Party. In the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets titled Krampus is an Evil Man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which i mean kind of is like, well, yeah they're, they're not, not wrong, wrong. <laughs> but they were probably being like this is like pagan witchcraft yeah <laughs> it seems to have christian origins in the kind of banning of in the yeah krampus uh towards the end of the century a popular resurgence of krampus celebrations occurred and continues today um that's interesting. Yeah. That's <laughs> so interesting. The Austrian government was like, no more. <laughs> in 2019, there were reports of drunken or disorderly conduct by masked Krampuses in some Austrian towns. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a, a excuse for a bunch of, you know, troubled or trouble-making young men to yeah. get up to some shit and just be like, oh, we're just, we're just doing Krampus stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh, yeah, it was interesting. I didn't know all that. So. Yeah. According to Sam in this episode, 
Krampus is Santa's like evil brother, basically. <laughs> Which Dean is like, uh-huh. Sure. Santa has an evil twin. Santa has an evil twin. Cool. <laughs> uh, but Dean has done a little digging, and apparently both victims visited the same place before they went missing, which would be Santa's village, which is where the boys go next. The scene is... <laughs> the scene is a mess. <laughs> the whole sequence. Um, so the boys arrive at Santa's village. Uh, Dean reveals to Sam that he would actually like to celebrate Christmas this year. Sam is not for it. Uh, he tells Dean he, he doesn't have very many good Christmas rest, Christmas memories, and Dean's like, okay. And Dean walks away, and then Sam looks at this model reindeer, and the camera zooms in really close on its eyes. <laughs> and then we cut to Bokenbro, Nebraska in 1991, with a little Sam and Dean in a motel room, waiting for John to return. I think this is our first appearance of Colin Ford as Sam. Colin is my favorite Sam uh, of all the, the actors that played of young Sam over the years. He does a good job. Because eventually Colin does get too old. Mm. <laughs> like, they're going for, like, early teens Sam, you know, and Colin's in his 20s now. It <laughs> doesn't really work. He does get to play a college student at Sam at one point, which was really exciting. Um, but yeah, he's my favorite young Sam. Um, and I actually really like this young Dean. I can't remember his name now, though. I think I have the cast list. Let me find it. Who plays Young Dean? Ridge Canapé? (laughs) He's played Young Dean on all the previous flashbacks so far, hasn't he? Other than, like, the very first one. I think he has. Yeah. Yeah, other than the, like, the beginning of the pilot. Yeah, he played the, he played Young Dean in, um, Something Wicked. They both do a good job. Yeah, they both do a very good job. Um... Sam is wrapping a present for John, which he apparently got from Uncle Bobby. Uh, And then he starts asking questions. He's like, you know, where does dad go? What does dad do for work? Why do we have to move all the time? And Dean answers that one with, because people get sick of your face, (laughs) which is a very big brother line. (laughs) Um, Dean's just like brushing off all the questions and ignore, like avoiding things um and then sam asks about their mom and dean like blows up uh at him and then storms out um and this made me think of the pilot when sam says if it wasn't for pictures i wouldn't even know what mom looks like Mm -hmm. and then dean gets mad at him and it just i think i've talked about this before but sam doesn't have like a relationship with his mother because he was six months old when she died so he doesn't have any memories of her of his own she's become like a such a taboo subject too mm-hmm. it's like you can't she's even like, talk about her yeah. she's like a holy figure but also a taboo subject at the same time and i cannot imagine how confusing that must have been for young sam who just wants to like understand his own family origins mm-hmm. and like who was his mother you know, but every time he asks questions about it, Dean gets mad, and I can imagine he probably learned that behavior from John. Like, John probably gets a little snippy, too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it makes me sad about Sam, <laughs> which is probably not shocking. If you've been listening to this podcast up until this point, you'll probably not be surprised <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is what this, this Dean getting mad about Sam just like really like hit home like drives home the fact that sam doesn't know anything about his mom and it's not for lack of trying yeah (laughs) um your turn um so it goes back to present day and they're at santa's village yep um sam and dean are watching the man who's playing father christmas um talking about like what the like signs of an evil santa are yeah i think like he smells of sweets and And he walks walks with with a limp limp. and dean's like that's real specific (laughs) but they're watching this like really gross old man that's playing santa (laughs) and they're like hmm he looks suspicious um yeah they're approached by an employee dressed like an elf asking if she can escort their kid to santa (laughs) and sam says no they're not there don't with a child they're just there to watch (laughs) and then her face she's like like, um ew (laughs) like she (laughs) seems like no no, not in that (laughs) he's like 
Dean's <laughs> <laughs> having way too much fun with Sam putting his foot in his mouth. Anyway, so um, the Santa is leaving then, and he is walking with a limp, and he smells like candy, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, no, I think that's Ripple. Right? What is but Ripple, I don't know anyways. what Ripple. Ripple is a strong, cheap, strong, syrupy wine, frankly referenced by Frank Sanford in the TV show Sanford and Son. Oh. Oh, so I guess he basically... It smells Dean's like, like alcohol. Dean's like, that, that, smell, that was candy. And Sam's like, that was Ripple, I think. <laughs> it probably was. Uh, <laughs> considering what happens, what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that night, they're staking out in front of the man's trailer. Um... So Dean is pushing Sam again about why he doesn't want to celebrate Christmas. Um, just then, San- Santa closes his curtains He's in a weird way. Suspicious about it. <laughs> he like is like checking to like see if there's anybody around, and then totally misses the massive classic car parked right in like front of his twenty window. feet from his trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they hear a scream, so they run in with their guns out, but find. Santa, <laughs> with in a, quotes, with a massive bong. Yeah, massive I think bong. This thing is like four feet long. <laughs> like you thought, Andy's was big. <laughs> he's watching porn and he's high, high as fuck <laughs> and is crossfaded with liquor as well. <laughs> he's already very, clearly very drunk. He just like stumbles up and he's like, "What's going on?" And then they start singing a very out of tune, wrongly worded version of <laughs> Silent Night. It's the worst. It's the worst version of Silent Night you'll ever hear, but it's this is gonna so be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and find it. Um, I was just thinking about the number of times that the boys burst into someone's place and then have to bullshit their way back out is way too many times. It's like aggressive carolers. <laughs> just burst into your <laughs> house and then said. start singing. <laughs> <laughs> but you will listen to us. <laughs> yes, yes. But I was just thinking about like the number... This is just one of the many times that the boys... like like jump to a conclusion they do this on the regular well they did hear a scream that, that's fair they did hear a scream did you um, hear the the quotes from the porn they were watching no it's like i'll jingle your bells <laughs> that's so bad it said, oh my God. there were some other quotes i can't remember oh like my what God. kind of porn is this <laughs> a christmas one <laughs> very low budget um, christmas one. but it made me think of um Aggressive caroling. Aggressive Perfect. carolers. Um, it made me think of in Sin City when Sam like breaks into the guy's office and then like because he thinks he's a demon and then discovers that they're not demons and then is like, ah, oh, this is just a misunderstanding. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> like there's a I don't remember what season it is, but there's an They're lucky episode. They have the cops call on them. Honest to God, there's an episode where they just like bust down this lady's door, like like full on kick it in, break the door jab, and she screams, and they realize they've got the wrong apartment, and Dean just like closes it behind them as they leave, and I'm just like, you guys, maybe you should do a little bit more research, but it is very funny when they do that. It's very funny. Santa was enjoying the carols, though. He was. He was of course, he was very it. high. So. He was very drunk. Probably more than a little high already. <laughs> oh, it's your turn. But yeah. But the same night, a oh, oh this is the, this is the kid that really needs therapy. <laughs> There's a, a young boy waiting up for Santa when a bloody figure comes down his chimney. Uh, it just walks past him. He just like stares the whole time. This kid is traumatized for the rest he's of his a life. Young kid. He's got to be like five, maybe. Uh, no, I'd probably say he's maybe like eight or nine. You think? Yeah, he's definitely older than five. Um, but the this so there's this big this bloody figure. Well, this figure in like a bloody Santa costume. Um, and it goes up the stairs and like into a room where we hear a woman scream, and then like a like a cracking sound like someone got hit with something and then the figure comes back out very quickly 
be quite honest, with something large in a sack that it just drags down the stairs. That we very obviously is this kid's dad. Um, and then the monster in front of the kid, like, hits the dad, and so he goes silent. I think he's dead. Uh, and then he take the monster takes a cookie and leaves. And well, this kid just the stands kid. there. <laughs> this kid is gonna need therapy multiple times a week for the rest of his life. <laughs> he is so fucked up. <laughs> oh my god. As we get to the next day, the boys are questioning the wife. Um, she explains that she was asleep. She's got like um, a big mark on her face. And then something came in. She woke up, she screamed, it hit her, and then it took her husband. Um... And according to the kid, it took the husband up the chimney. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is where Sam notices that there's a wreath over their fireplace. And he's like, hey, where'd you get that wreath? The dude's like, what the fuck are you asking about a wreath for? Um, and then as they leave, Dean's like, you know, did you want to ask about her shoes? I saw some nice handbags. Like, he's making he's making gay jokes again. Which, considering that it had literally, like, a couple scenes they go and act like a couple, um, <laughs> is shouldn't be surprising. <laughs> this is, I think, the second time they'll act like a couple in the show so far. Oh, but, yeah, like, so far. <laughs> yeah, this time it's on purpose, but the first time was kind of, they just, like, decided to just play along. But, um... Sam explains, he's like, no, we've seen that wreath before. Uh, and Dean's like, what? And he's like, yeah, it was on the Walsh's front door. And Dean's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> he did not know that. <laughs> uh, but then we cut to the motel room. <laughs> um, so Sam gets off the phone with Bobby. He said, they're morons. <laughs> Yeah, dude's like, what did Bobby have to say? We're morons. <laughs> <laughs> and they identified the plant in the wreath as meadowsweet, which is an herb used in pagan rites to summon gods to a human sacrifice. I didn't do any research about meadowsweet. I forgot to do that, too. Yeah, no, we did. <laughs> Listen, we researched Krampus, and we called it a night. <laughs> I looked up pagan gods, and it's like, here's all the gods. Zeus, Minerva. I'm like, oh, okay, well, everyone knows that already. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... So Sam explains how most Christian traditions are originally pagan, true, mm -hmm. and concludes that we're looking, they're looking for the pagan god of the winter solstice who grants mild weather. Which Deaton's like, oh, well that explains the lack of snow in Michigan in December. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby is currently working Michigan, on how to right? kill it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The lack of snow in Michigan <laughs> in December. <laughs> and they need to figure out where people are getting the wreaths from. Mm -hmm. And then we get my one of my favorite scenes in this episode. Honestly, I love all of this episode. Uh, the boys go to this shop, posing as a couple. Dean's like, we were at the, re the Walsh's house the other night for cards or something. I don't remember what he says they were playing. Um, and Sam here... Just has been going on and on about this wreath. Like, tell tell him about it. And Sam goes, it was yummy. He just says that with a straight face. I think it's because he's, like, testing to see if the shop owner is the pagan god. Mm. But Yeah, probably. It's weird. Um, <laughs> but they learned from the shop owner that the wreaths were made by a local woman, Madge Kerrigan, who... Uh, apparently gave them to this shop owner for free. <laughs> Which is suspicious. Mm-hmm. Especially because... Um, um, it's especially suspicious because meadowsweet is expensive. Like, it's a rare plant. Like, when they go back to the motel room, Dean's like, how much do you think a meadowsweet wreath would cost? Especially, like, a homemade one. And Sam's like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars? Like, that is not a cheap wreath. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that she just gave them to this guy for free is very suspicious. Which um, the guy, of course, sold... Yeah. Good profit. Yeah, he did. He's like, it's Christmas time, but we'll pay a fortune for that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so back in the motel room, Dean reminisces about a wreath that John brought home one year, which apparently he stole from a liquor store. It was made of beer cans. <laughs> Dean's like, I bet you if I look hard enough, I could find one just like it. <laughs> uh, Sam questions why Dean wants to do Christmas so badly when he hasn't mentioned anything about Christmas in years. 
uh, like we didn't even get a Christmas episode in the last two seasons. Mm-mm. You know, like they the boys just don't really do Christmas. And Dean's like, well, this is my last Christmas. It's like I, he's his whole thing this year has been about getting the most out of his last year alive. You know, and so mm-hmm. he's like, I want to do Christmas. You know. So I've got these good memories, I guess. <laughs> and Sam's like, yeah, that's exactly why I can't celebrate Christmas. Because he he can't sit around and pretend everything is okay this year when he knows that Dean will not be around next year. Which Dean is like, ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can get that. <laughs> and it's, it, oh, it breaks my heart. <laughs> Poor Sammy. I don't think Dean's in hell for ne- through Christmas. He? he he dies at like the beginning of May. Spoilers, June, by July, the... August. Yeah, he comes back in September. Oh, so yeah, so, so Sam he's, he's back for next Christmas. <laughs> yep, he's back for next Christmas. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember how long he was in hell. Four months. Mm. <laughs> uh, All right. Back in Broken Bow. Bow. Back in Bow. Time. Nebraska. <laughs> Nineteen ninety one. <laughs> Broken Bow, Nebraska. Dean comes back in with food. Um, <laughs> he gives him something. I couldn't see what it was. Something. And then he's like, like and don't forget your something. vegetables and throws him a bag of Funyuns. <laughs> <laughs> Were those a thing in 1991? Apparently. I, I guess. Um, Sam reveals to Dean that he has read John's journal, which he pulls from under his mattress and asks whether monsters are real. And Dean reluctantly says that they are and that they're, and reveals that their dad's a hunter who kills them. Sam is worried that the monsters will come for them. Um, that, you know, that they'll kill their dad and them. He's like, well, the monsters killed mom, right? Then if the monsters got to mom, then the monsters can get to dad, and then the monsters can get to us. And Dean's I like, mean, can you logic. fucking chill? <laughs> <laughs> I think Sam is, how old is Sam? Sam was born in 19... 19- 83? Right? Yeah, so Sam read that the monsters got their mom He's in the eight. journal. Sam He's is eight. Oh. <laughs> Poor Sam. So Dean does his best to reassure him, reassure him that John is going to be there for Christmas, but Sam says he just wants to go to sleep and he starts crying, which is sad. <laughs> so sad. Colin is such a good actor. He is. Like, Oh my god, he's such a good little actor. <laughs> Dean tells him it will be better when he wakes up. Poor baby. Uh, we jump back to present day, and the boys go to visit Madge and Edward Kerrigan, who appear to be the perfect suburban couple. They're a little bit out of, like, a sitcom. Like a 1950s, yeah, 60s sitcom. very much. Yeah. Very, like, Edward smokes a pipe, like, his little <laughs> accent that he does, like, he just, like, looks like a dad in a 50s sitcom, but in color. Like, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> uh, but they ask Madge about her wreaths, and she just talks about how good they smell. Because Sam asks her, like, well, why Meadowsweet's really wh- rare, so, like, why did you decide to use that for your wreaths? And she's like, it just smells, it's just the, the sweetest thing I've ever smelled, you know? And <laughs> she just keeps going on and on about that. Sam's so like, yeah, you said that already. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, she does not have any more wreaths. I think it's probably a good thing she doesn't have any more wreaths. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back at the motel, Dean is carving pieces of wood into stakes and missing the garbage can. Completely. He has a trash can <laughs> right between his knees and the wood is going literally everywhere else. Really <laughs> like, funny. there's just wood chips all over the floor. <laughs> uh, Sam's doing research and finds that the Kerrigans were in Seattle the previous year when three other men disappeared. And Bobby advised them that if they are indeed the pagan gods, spears made of evergreen wood would kill them. Yeah. Oh. And so the boys go back to the Kerrigan house. Um, I guess they go in the basement, right? Yeah, they're like they're like sneaking their way around the house, and they go down to the basement. Um, in the basement, they find a lot of human remains. Very oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Like some bloody bones. I was bones. looking at my notes. I'm <laughs> glad I was looking at my notes because this it's nah. <laughs> and the latest victim is still in the sack. Um, they haven't even eaten him yet. 
Then they get attacked by Madge and Edward, and they get knocked out. Sam gets choked for a hot minute. He does. He does. Good lord. (laughs) Where's my spreadsheets? Spreadsheets. Boop-a-doop. I'm going to count this. I think it counts. Uh Uh-huh. Here it is. It's the second time this season. (laughs) It is the second time this season. How is there not a single time in season two? That feels wrong. (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and go back and double check. I feel like I probably missed something in season two. Um... I imagine when they caught in the basement. <laughs> Shush. You're cute. Shush. <laughs> yeah. The boys wake up tied to chairs in the kitchen, and this is... It's a great scene. Such a scene. fantastic scene. <laughs> uh, the Kerrigans are so great. They're just like all like... Cutesy and... Yeah. And, and all nice. like classic while Christmas. They're, while they're like saying horrible things. And torturing the boys, basically. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. So great. But the Kerrigans explain that, yeah, they're pagan gods, and since the rise of Christianity, they've been trying to, like, blend into human society. They take only a few victims a year. They're like, we used to take, we used to have hundreds of sacrifices, and now what? We only take, like, two, three? And Edward's like, well, these two make five. (laughs) Uh, But they have, like, a whole ritual that goes with the sacrifice. So it starts with taking blood. Uh, Dean calls Madge a bitch, and she's like, ooh, you know what I say when I feel like swearing? Fudge. (laughs) And this is one of the, probably most, one of the most quoted supernatural lines among the fandom, which is, if you fudge and touch me, I'll fudge and kill you. (laughs) It's a classic. Uh, (laughs) And they take their fingernails? Edward takes one of Sam's fingernails. Uh, I had a small spoiler for Haley, which this happens again to Sam in season 15, and every time I think of this, I just think of that TikTok audio that's the Doofenshmirtz, or he's like, if I had a nickel for every time, I don't remember what he says in the every original audio. Happened. For every time something happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but, but it's, it's weird, weird that, that it happened, happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sam and getting a fingernail ripped out. <laughs> like, what on earth? Poor Sam. Um, and just as Edward has pliers in Dean's mouth going to extract one of his teeth, someone rings the doorbell very aggressively. This neighbor is like, dee, 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 yes. on the doorbell. I feel like Dean has pliers in his mouth, and he goes, is somebody going to get that? <laughs> like, They're going to take it, too. And then, oh. and then the, the neighbor keeps ringing the bell, and he's like, I think you should get that. <laughs> With pliers in his mouth. He's so sassy. Um, so the Kerrigans go to the door where they have an extremely peppy neighbor who has brought them fruitcake and wants to know if they're going caroling. And Edward's like, oh, it's my back. It's acting up. And she's like, oh, bummer. You gonna come over to bridge tomorrow night? And like, yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> like, it's and then as soon as I close the door, they like the the switch mm-hmm. between like happy neighbors to like evil pagan gods is so good. These actors really, they really s- just like did stomp incredible. Over the fruit cake. Yeah, and- Edward steps on the fruit cake, <laughs> which squishes very easily. Um, they return to the kitchen to find that Sam and Dean have escaped, which and is really fast. Yeah, yeah, they they got out of those ropes quick. Um. We get like a little chase scene. The boys lock themselves, like barricade themselves in the front room, I think. Um, and then the Kerrigans eventually get in and their stakes are in the basement. So what they decide to do <laughs> is they tear down the Christmas tree and rip branches off of it, which is pure genius because of course the Kerrigans being like a happy, over the top Christmassy household have an actual evergreen tree their whole house is which like decked feels, out with like over christmas yeah i don't think we mentioned that it's like christmas threw up on this house yeah like all their outdoor <laughs> decorations have the big inflatable stuff yeah. and christmas yeah, lights like, and <laughs> yeah so they have an i feel like it's kind of dumb for some pagan gods that are can be killed by evergreen stakes to have an evergreen tree in their front wasn't the room. smartest decision but i guess know? they weren't necessarily counting on hunters um, but probably thought they were invincible, you know. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I that's a good point. Maybe they didn't know they could be killed by evergreen. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um, the boys 
though so they, they rip branches off the tree and then the Kerrigans bust in. Uh, Ed attacks Dean. Madge attacks Sam. It's the exact same pair-ups we got in the basement previously. <laughs> Sam, or Madge says something like, uh, you little thing. I've loved that tree. <laughs> Which I think is really funny that she says you little thing to Sam, <laughs> who is 12 feet tall. <laughs> oh, but Sam immediately stabs Madge with his Christmas branch. <laughs> uh, Edward yells her name, and this is where I had the thought that there is no way that Madge and Edward are actually their names, considering they're ancient pagan gods. But I guess they've probably been using them so long that it they might as well be. You know? Like, they've gotten so accustomed to calling each other by those names. Maybe they're uh, anglicized versions of their ancient names. Maybe. That's a good point, actually. Maybe he was Edward Glasson or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if we've got any listeners <laughs> of Germanic heritage. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm descended from Germans, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have German ancestry. <laughs> I think I've got some German in my ancestry. I'm just a whole mix of white on my dad's side and then half native on my mom's. <laughs> um, but yeah, they kill the pagan gods. Yay! <laughs> by a Christmas tree. Death by a Christmas tree. <laughs> that would be a good episode title, too. But I already made the aggressive carolers one. I like so. the aggressive carolers. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. And we're going back in time again. Back in time. I feel like they used that song at some point in this show. Maybe. Back in time. I wonder, do they use it in Mystery Spot? Whatever that one they keep playing over and that's over again. That's Heat of the Moment, but it's... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Heat of the Moment is the one that plays every Tuesday, but I think on the Wednesday, it's back in time. Is it? I think it is. Huh. Huh. Okay. Back to a flashback in Broken Bow, Nebraska, 1991. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dean wakes Sam up and explains that while he was sleeping, John returned and left a tree in presence for them. And tried to wake Sam up, but Sam wouldn't wake up, apparently. Yeah, according to Dean. He's like, you tried like a thousand times, you wouldn't wake up. He didn't explain where he went again, but... No, he doesn't explain where John is gone again, but... Yeah. Um, so Sam opens his presents and it reveals it to be a Barbie and a sparkly baton. <laughs> <laughs> and he ch- challenges Dean and said... He like calls Dean out on his yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like, Dad wasn't actually here, was he? And he's like, no, I stole them from a house down the street, and I didn't know they were chick toys. <laughs> he's like, I swear I didn't know they were chick presents. <laughs> Which is really sweet. He's trying to throw yeah, a Christmas really sweet. celebration for he Sam. He tried so hard. <laughs> he probably should have checked the presents first. <laughs> um, he says John would have been there if he could, and Sam decides to give Dean the present meant for John. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam insists Dean to take it, and it's the amulet that he... Oh, he's always wearing. Yep. Um, originally, if I remember correctly, all of Dean's jewelry is just stuff that Jensen just picked. Hmm. Like, Jensen was like, I feel, I think Dean wears jewelry. Like, I feel like Dean, Jensen's always been very hands-on with costuming. It's kind of his thing. He, these, for a, like a red-blooded Texan dude, he's shockingly fashion-forward and likes to get really hands-on on that stuff, which I guess it kind of makes sense because the stuff that you're wearing helps you, like, get into of the feel of your character mm-hmm. um and so they literally just like dumped out a box of jewelry and then he picked things and he kind of gave them some stuff in his own mind so like he's got like a bracelet that's got some symbols on it and stuff like that and like, he, lots wears, of rings. he has his ring that he wears that we don't actually know where it came from so a lot of fans speculated that it was mary's wedding ring but first off that wouldn't fit dean um and also mary's wedding ring is gold and has a diamond on it because it's from the 70s and that was that's the style of wedding ring from then you know yeah so it and his is just dean's ring is just a silver band but he just picked out this amulet and then fans were like what does the amulet mean you know what's the amulet for and then so kripke gave it a backstory (laughs) (laughs) didn't you say it's like some protective symbol or something what is the amulet yeah it's um which how would sam know that if he's the one that picked it he doesn't he doesn't um, Bobby gave it to Sam. 
Oh, yeah. Dean's amulet, also known as a samulet. Um, in a flashback, we find out eight-year-old Sam obtained the amulet from Uncle Bobby, who said it was real special. Um, in Bobby Singer's Guide to Hunting, which I actually own, Bobby says that he got it from a woman in Tampa who said it was a protective charm. And hmm. John in, or Sam intends it as a Christmas present for John, but instead gives it to Sam or to Dean. So after the airing of this episode, the Phantom nicknamed the amulet the Samulet because it was given to Dean from Sam and symbolizes their brotherly love. So, um, it's got a whole bunch of story. I actually but have a copy of Since the this. beginning of the show, there's been much speculation about the amulet's significance in terms of mythology. Fans were asking Kripke and Jensen about the amulet's significance. Um, in a panel in 2000, March 2006, Kripke hinted the amulet was more than a piece of jewelry. Um, uh, in a behind-the-scenes Supernatural special, Jensen calls the amulet an Egyptian safety symbol. We reveal in Very Supernatural Christmas it was a gift from Sam. Um, I actually have the amulet. Or like a she does. She has a little like replica of the amulet. That's the word I was looking for. But we don't ever learn exactly like what the mythology of it is inspired by. It's very obviously inspired by something. But Did we ever say is... on the podcast that we cosplayed sam and dean at comic-con i think we may have mentioned it Haley was dean and i was sam it was fun um there is some more amulet lore that comes up in season five so i'm not gonna spoil that for you it's kind of a big deal okay (laughs) um but yeah that's where dean gets out the amulet we get up to present day dean is returning from buying beer to find that sam has decorated the motel room with a little christmas tree decorated with air fresheners which i love because the christmas tree covered in christmas trees <laughs> uh, and made eggnog according it appears to be spiked eggnog by their reactions <laughs> it was non-alcoholic eggnog that jared spiked <laughs> there's a i i'm gonna have to try and find the uh, panel but this is kind of a well-known fandom story is that jared spiked jensen's cup with according to jensen like a whole bottle of rum uh, <laughs> to prank him and then the reaction that we get from dean in the episode was jensen's actual reaction to drinking the spiked eggnog that he was not expecting to be alcoholic so <laughs> yeah. eggnog is gross by the way i've never had eggnog i think i tried a sip of like i mean soy nog to each or their own if you like it but like man, it. i i don't like it <laughs> yeah no not for me uh, the boys exchanged presents, which were, of course, all bought from the local gas station. Dean gives Sam porn magazines and shaving cream. Who buys which their is a brother? Random set of gifts. <laughs> who buys their brother porn magazines? I guess their their gifts are like practical, you know. Because Sam gives Dean motor oil and a candy bar, and Dean's like, "Fuel for me, fuel for my baby," you know. And like Sam gets <laughs> gets what he calls skin mags. Uh, and shaving cream, which I guess are both practical gifts. <laughs> but I, okay, I grew up in like a conservative Mormon household, so this is not something that I would ever buy my brother. Also, my brothers and I are not that close. So, does anybody with the brothers, can you tell me, is this a kind of normal thing? Because this does not feel normal. This Maybe feels like then, one of, I don't know. This feels like one of Dean's weird <coughs> boundary things. This just makes me think of, I literally, I think I I read bits of this post out loud to you. Someone asked a creator on Tumblr like to talk about the boys' weird boundaries about sex and Dean's like obsession with Sam's sex life. <laughs> and this was one of the instances, which is that Dean buys Sam porn magazines for Christmas. There's also him like being obsessed with getting Sam laid, watching Sam kiss girls multiple times, uh, the threesome with Sam in the parking lot that Sam walks in on, <laughs> and then is act surprised by, even though he full on knew what was going on in that room. <laughs> like these boys have the weirdest boundaries when it comes to this I'm shit. Probably- partially the way they grew up yeah i think that's a big part of it that they just they they don't have proper boundaries in general i think one of my friends shared a tweet that was like oh look at these boys on this 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 bench is so small like they have no room and there's like a foot and a half of room on the bench and the boys are sitting like squished next to each other because they just 
they just exist like in each other's space in this really weird fascinating way that i love absolutely love <laughs> but uh the boys wish each other merry christmas they they clink their little glasses together except it doesn't really clink because i think they're plastic cups um sam starts to say something to dean but he gets overcome with emotion uh and decides instead to suggest that they watch a football game and that is where our episode ends with a really lovely shot yeah it's a really cool shot it pulls out through the window and you get the boys sitting next to each other on the couch and then there's like snow falling and some like christmas lights on the eaves of the motel and the impala out there in the snow and i love that shot it's one of my favorite (laughs) shots in the show but yeah that is the end of our christmas episode in july Happy Remember once upon Day. a time, I thought maybe we'd get to the Christmas episode by Christmas. Oh, I knew seven we months going later to. we finally I knew, got to I it. I knew it wasn't going to happen. I think in my original schedule, I had it like in early January, but then I realized that I'd fucked up the dates mm-hmm. <laughs> and like missed something. We've, I don't. We've definitely gotten a little behind. But we're definitely behind. Yeah, our original schedule, but yeah. But we're kind of just getting doing back it on our own time frame, you know. Yeah, we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. We may go every other ep- week for a little while because we're still kind of like living out of cardboard boxes a little bit, and like we've put a lot away, but there's still, still boxes everywhere. <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand where all the boxes came from. Um, well, I mean, we <laughs> and came, we're like still getting settled. Neither and, of us had a lot of furniture to begin with. Mm-hmm. And we've had to slowly buy furniture. Over yeah, we the last literally couple bought months. dressers like a week and a half ago because <laughs> we had nowhere to put anything. Yeah, so because we were literally all of our clothes was just in boxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so we're probably going to be posting on a bi-weekly schedule for a little while. I would like to get back into a weekly schedule, but for now, as we kind of get we settled, both work full time, and both working, we're still adjusting, to adjusting, moving. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that's it for tonight. I don't really have anything too big to talk about this episode. I do love that Sam, Sam didn't want to celebrate Christmas because the idea of having to, of like having a good Christmas with Dean and then the next year, like knowing next year Dean's not going to be there and then being like, no, this will make Dean happy and like putting Dean's desires above his own, and I like that which Sam always does. We immediately cut from like young dean trying to make a christmas for sam and then sam trying to make a christmas for dean i didn't even think about that oh because sam's been like thinking about that christmas this whole episode like that's Mm -hmm. the one like that we're kind of it's kind of implied that sam's remembering that christmas and so he's remembering how dean went out of his way and like broke into a house like to try and make a good christmas for sam when they didn't have anything and so he's like you know what even though I don't really want to, and I know it'll be, like, upsetting. I know it will make Dean happy, and I want Dean to be happy. Like, Plus, it's I like, I think he came around a bit. It's like, at I least this will be one more, around. like, good memory together, yeah. you know? Yeah, one more good memory together. It feels now. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, next week we will be covering. Yeah, which one? I couldn't remember what's next. Um. Oh. Oh. Malleus the, which one? Maleficarum. So we get more Ruby, which is awesome, but we also get witches. I remember this being like the grossest episode. She says something about, like, "I hate witches. They're always spewing their bodily fluids everywhere." <laughs> Oh, yeah. So next week we're covering episode nine, or not next week, in two weeks. Or in two weeks? Next episode. Let's just say that. Next episode we are covering Malleus Maleficarum, um, which will be fun. (laughs) Get some Ruby back, which is interesting. Also some gross shit. (laughs) Yep. Lots of gross shit. I think there's maggots at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah not a fan when they're like putting the curses on the different people mm-hmm. that one which is like cursing people and Ugh. yeah there's like maggots i don't like it not a fan uh there is two instances within this show where someone bites into a sandwich and then looks down and there's maggots in the sandwich oh, no. that's too too many <laughs> i don't remember that 
What's the one after that one? It's not till season seven. No, I mean. Oh, the one after Malleus Maleficarum? It is Dream a Little Dream of Me. Hmm. Ooh, which has Bobby. Yeah. So we'll get Bobby in the next episode after that one. Cool. All right. We're almost. We're more than halfway through season three now. This is the halfway episode. Okay. Because there's eight more episodes. So, but yeah, I think that is it for this week. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places. Um, Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps the algorithm, helps more people find us. I think you can also do ratings on Spotify, but I think it's just stars. Um, I don't know if you can, like, leave a review. I think you could just put, like, leave, like, a star rating. Um, If you have any fellow Supernatural fans, tell them about us. If you'd like to reach out... You can find us on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. I'm Little Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at TalkAbout. Whoa, that's us. <laughs> Talk About Sam Pod, no. as he went over. Um, <laughs> you can find me specifically on Twitter. <laughs> At life flows on three, and Tumblr at HF Thoughts dash blog. And as always, all of those links will be in the show notes for you guys. Thank you again so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>
certain percentage of alcohol or higher, you have to go to the state liquor store, which of course is closed on Sundays. Because it's Utah. Because it's Utah. growing up it used to be that like 60% of the state was Mormon but I think that percentage is going down but that's just because people are leaving the church <laughs> like by the droves also like Salt Lake <laughs> is becoming more and more like diverse and Salt Lake is a lot super of like blue. international travelers have come in and mm-hmm. people from other states mm-hmm. the whole Salt Lake Valley is much more blue than you'd expect it to be considering it's the home of church headquarters but no if you want to go to like Mormon Central you got to go to Utah County Provo. We have to Provo, go to Provo specifically, because even Orem is more blue. Guess where I grew up. <laughs> yeah, even Orem, like which is just like literally like like Nick, like Next Siamese. It's like conjoined twins with Provo, basically. You know, yeah. you know when cities just like mesh into each other. That's Provo and Orem. You literally just like hop over a road and you're in Orem. <laughs> Haley, when Haley lived down there in her last apartment, you literally passed the Welcome to Provo side, and then like the next intersection was her apartment. Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, you're basically an Orem. <laughs> so, but Orem itself, like you just like cross the line, and Orem is already way more progressive. <laughs> I yeah. think it's UVU's influence. Probably, yeah. Provo has BYU, which is for anyone who's not in the loop. BYU is Brigham Young University, and it's a college. It kind of became like trending on TikTok because of the Black Menaces. Mm-hmm. I love channel, the Black Menaces. Which they I think are they're iconic. BYU students. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are, and they're just showing how shitty the mindset of Utah and County how is. <laughs> how like absolutely ignorant people are, specifically on BYU campus. I love the Black Menaces. I think BYU became much also, more well-known because of their TikToks. <laughs> also, soaking went viral. Oh, soaking, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what that was I didn't know until what that like was a year either. ago. Because yeah, I was totally scarred. I was too um, much of a good girl to know what that is. And also gay, I so. I didn't go to Provo. <laughs> but yeah, so Provo has a Mormon-owned and run university, like private university. And then literally like, like a five-minute drive away is UVU. Which is a like open enrollment public university, and they're super diverse and super inclusive. Like the president is a woman of color now. Like mm-hmm. that. Honestly, I love UVU, and I don't think I've ever revealed this on the podcast, but that's where I graduated from, <laughs> Utah Valley University. Yeah, that's it's also that's where my I alma went mater. to college, and I got my associate's degree from there. Yeah, so. it's my alma mater. So I'm very biased about UVU, but like just like literally just like. Like, I, we, a couple of students and I went to BYU campus to, like, get some B-roll footage for a documentary and, like, maybe try and interview some people. I don't think we ended up actually ever getting able, like, nobody would talk to us. Um, <laughs> and literally, like, the difference in culture is insane. Just yeah. between two schools that are literally, like, Maybe 10 neighbors. minutes apart. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. And then you have the U of U, which is even more, I would say diverse oh yeah because it's in salt lake oh yeah definitely yeah no u of u is way more diverse so and then utah state and all those other colleges mostly just byu is a weirdo yeah then you have byu of idaho which is even oh that's even worse (laughs) that 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 is in that's byu on a whole nother level like you would not expect byu idaho to be the more intense of the BYU oh God, since it's like not even so in Utah, bad. but they are insane up there. <laughs> in their anatomy class, they would cover up like yeah, the like male and female parts yeah. in an anatomy class. Well, and the ones that I saw too, like it wasn't even like like an exterior anatomy, like it was interior anatomy, and they're covering things up. So it's like muscular and they were structure, like cartoon and stuff drawings and, too. Yeah. They weren't even like, like it's not even pictures. It's like cartoons. It's not like anatomically. <laughs> realistic <laughs> yeah oh in those sense oh my god BYU Idaho is insane like every everything I've heard about that school is bad <laughs> yeah really glad I didn't go I almost there. went there I didn't oh I'm really glad you didn't yeah 
Because it's especially bad. bad for for LGBT people. I didn't know I was queer when I first. That's true. <laughs> graduated That's a, high school. A but, lot you know. of like BYU students will like come out as gay. I think like like a quarter of BYU students are LGBT, and people will be like, "Well, why did why did you go there?" Like, because they Cause, want to be like treated fairly by their school and stuff, and people will be like, "Well, you you decided to go there knowing the rules." Because like but me, <laughs> they didn't come out until later. Yeah, in life. exactly. <laughs> so many people go to BYU not even knowing that they're gay, mm-hmm. and then realize while they're there, and then they're like, they're "Halfway I want... through their degree, they're yeah. like, oh fuck." <laughs> and the way that BYU works is you have to take a bunch of like religious courses and they like, don't in your generals, and those don't transfer. Yeah, and so you can't really go to another college without a whole big hassle and like extra t- semesters and stuff a lot, a lot and so more time people, and money to like transfer mm-hmm. over when i think members get discounts right mm-hmm. there, there's a discount if you're a member and a lot of um mormon parents would be like yeah i'll pay for your college if you go to byu and so these kids go to byu because that's their only option and then they realize they're gay <laughs> and they're like wait fuck <laughs> or they already know they're gay but they don't have another option because they're still dependent on their parents you know and then mm-hmm. they end up in a shitty situation i hate byu with a fiery passion i could literally go on about this for hours i hate that school so much <laughs> a couple weeks ago chloe got attacked yeah. By a dog. I'd say a little more, a little less than three. Well, probably about three weeks ago now. Because she weeks. had... She had... Um, oh, no, no, she only had ten days of meds, so I guess it is a little... About two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I mentioned that in our tweet a couple weeks ago, explaining kind of why we've been MIA. Um, she's fine. I'm sure you guys can probably hear her. She's chasing her ball. She has a ball. She's totally fine. <laughs> well, physically. Physically totally fine. She does have some PTSD now. She definitely, she gets nervous about the elevator. She is extremely protective of Haley. Like, you will just be in the house, and she'll hear something in the hallway, and she'll start howling and barking. I don't know and, if but that's she tied only, to me. She only does it when you're home. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's just me and her at home, no matter what time of day it is. Like... Though she did get snappy about the the guys that came around to paint the doors, but I think that's because they were right at the door, and she was like, stranger. (laughs) But that's like the only time I've seen her get pissy like that when it's just been me and her at home. She's scared of like other dogs now. She's scared of all other dogs, even ones that are her size. She's fine with Sam. That's my parents' dog that she. But I think part of it, I think, is her going into Sam's territory. I think that helps. And I think also that she's very familiar with Sam and she knows that Sam will like respect her boundaries. Like if Chloe Sam I mean, Chloe's definitely the elf. Yeah. If Sam when Chloe communicates a boundary, Sam listens. Mm -hmm. So Sam is like less than a year old, isn't she? She just turned one a few months ago. She just turned one. Yeah. She's she's baby, but she's gigantic. (laughs) She's she's a a, blue healer. Yeah, she's a blue healer. So she's a big baby. Australian cattle dog. (laughs) Blue healer healer. Oh. But yeah. It was a bit traumatizing. It I wasn't trauma- even home. It's traumatizing for me too because sure. I was there. <laughs> I wasn't even home. I was at work, and then I had to like pretend everything was okay for the rest of the day. I totally broke down when I got to the car. You did? <laughs> I did. Oh, you didn't tell me that. No, I was because it was just scary, you know. Because yeah. I just I, tried to I just got you. a text. <laughs> she did while I was at work. Um, I was on my lunch break, but I couldn't talk. I needed to eat. And there's also not super great signal in the building. Um, yeah, but she just really texted me on my lunch break. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Not your she fault. just texted me on my lunch break and was like, Chloe got attacked by a dog. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was panicking. Like, oh, I didn't yeah. know if I needed to take her into the vet. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was she, a, she had three big neck wounds. Mm-hmm. She was attacked by like, like a puncture pit bull Dalmatian mix of some yeah. sort. Yeah, I think he. So that's much what bigger than said. much her. bigger than her. Which that's not hard to be. It's not hard to be bigger than someone that's ten pounds soaking wet holding a brick. You know. <laughs> but I mean, she <laughs> she loses a pound when she goes to the bathroom in the morning. <laughs> yeah, she got like wounds on the top of her neck, 
thankfully she like ducked down so it got like the back of her neck instead of the mm-hmm. front but if it would have got the front of her neck she probably would have died yeah 100 like, percent. she she got super super fucking lucky and then we took her into the vet the next day and the, she had one that was on the like kind of the front side of her neck um that got was getting that was getting infected already. like you could already like smell it and so we got some antibiotics and some anti-inflammatory painkillers and some cleaning solution and then did those for the last two weeks. Now she's pretty much healed. Yeah, she's just, she's still got some like scabbing going on, but I'm sure that that's probably just going to fall off on its own. So, but yeah. She's definitely got her energy back. She was, that first night, she was super lethargic. I mm-hmm. think she was sore. Like probably. the vet even was like, yeah, she's probably got whiplash. <laughs> Yeah, because she got whipped around she got, by the dog. Yeah, she got thrashed around a bit, so she's probably, she probably had a little whiplash. But then we, like, once we kind of got her moving, you know, like, when your muscles are sore and you don't want to move them because they hurt, but then when you do move them, it feels better? Like, once we, like, got her moving, we, like, took her bear to the vet with us and we're, like, throwing it for her. And she, like, once she got, like, moving, her energy went up really quick. So, yeah. and then she was milking the fuck out of it. <laughs> she was like, mm, you'll give me wet food, right? <laughs> I can be picky. She wants all the treats and all the snuggles and someone wants milk in that for all. Yeah. She could. Which, the, to be fair, we were also spoiling the fuck out of her. Yeah, we went we still kind of far. toys after. Yeah, literally, like, we got back from the vet and we went, like, right to PetSmart because Haley wanted to get some of the little, like, pill pocket treat things. Well, Chloe was just she would eat the pills right out of my hand which we didn't realize till later but no but she had to have them with food anyways so the pill pockets were nice for that i was hiding them in her food but yeah it wasn't until the last couple days of pills that i realized that she would literally just eat them out of my hand i guess they they, were like flavored yeah they're chewable and flavored so so she thought they were treats yeah in her (laughs) eyes treats (laughs) which works which thank god we don't have a dog that's like because I've heard about dogs that, like, you, like, hide the pill in their food and they'll eat around it. Yeah, they, you know? they like, no. Or, like, you give them a pill pocket and they'll spit the pill out. <laughs> like, some dogs are just a pain in the ass to give medicine to. Not Chloe. She'll just take it right out of your hand. I dropped it on the floor and she ate it. 